Hi, Dave. How are you? Good, G. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on the show tonight. Oh, thanks so much for being with us. Um, so tell me a little bit about the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project. Uh, we are a nonprofit 501c3 charitable organization. We have five key areas of operation. We track the drownings in the Great Lakes. We teach Great Lakes water safety. We work with family and friends of drowning victims to help them advocate water safety after a tragedy. Um, We also provide open water surf lifeguard in-service training and Mm -hmm. first responder in-service training. And then we are also like a public relations, media relations, you know, water safety campaign. Wow. You you guys do a lot over there at the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project. Yeah, it's a pretty big plate right now. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you for, I mean, thank you for doing the work because it's definitely necessary. I mean, very tragic. Even even this morning, it was reported uh, that, you know, emergency crews, you know, unfortunately, tragically found the body of a, a 24-year-old woman who, I guess she got separated from um, the boat while she was swimming with friends last night in uh, near Monroe Harbor, right? Yeah, so what it sounds like what happened was, they, you know, they stopped the boat, a few people got out of the boat, and they were swimming, and then a big storm came, and the boat wasn't anchored, and the boat got pushed into a break wall, and, you know, the people were left behind in the water, and unfortunately, this young woman submerged. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, something as simple as wearing a life jacket, um, knowing how to operate the boat, um, knowing that, you know, they should have dropped anchor. I, I'm assuming from what it sounds like they didn't drop anchor. Mm. So, you know, some real simple things, you know, could have saved this life, and we wouldn't be talking about this right now. Uh, so tragic, because it just sounds so innocent, and you just think about sort of how that evening started off. You know, you think about all the, the fun and the joy and hanging out with friends, and then just sort of how, you know, that evening ended into this morning and then finally finding uh, the body which is so tragic um, and it all could be prevented and, and I know you just sort of uh, rattled off some of the things that could have been done there but I want to go a little bit more in depth with that but uh, we're going to have a lot more coming up with Dave Benjamin co-founder of the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project we're going to be talking about residential pool safety we're going to be talking about like um, when you're at the beach uh, ways that you can be extra vigilant also he's going to talk about the signs of drowning as well, and sort of um, survival strategies, which I'm sure um, all that lifeguard training uh, comes in handy in terms of uh, knowing exactly what to do. So a lot more coming up with Dave. Continuing our conversation with Dave Benjamin. He's a co-founder of the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project. We're going to be talking about pool safety, beach safety, um, signs about drowning. And I, I do want to keep it like organized, Dave. So that way, at least uh, I know that uh, the information will seep in. But before we start talking, about this um someone might be listening right now and thinking i'm a great swimmer and you know or you know i i i know this stuff um do people really realize just how you know dangerous uh it can be and how easily someone you know it might not be them but someone a loved one can drown you know through our work uh you know we see that water safety is not common sense and most people have very little understanding of, you know, water safety, drowning prevention, and survival. Um, we need to understand that drowning is a public health issue, but it doesn't get treated like a public health issue. It gets treated like a recreational issue. And, you know, if it was a public health issue, it would get funding for education, outreach, and research, and there's very little to no funding for water safety education. It's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. 
when we do like presentations in schools, we'll do an audience survey. You know, how many people know how to swim? How many been in the ocean? How many been in you know in one of the Great Lakes or in a pool? And on average, well over 90% will say that they know how to swim. You know, many have experience with the oceans, Great Lakes, and 100% in the pool. And then we put them through a pop quiz. And three safety questions will ask, what do you do if your clothes catch on fire? And everyone knows stop, drop, and roll. Mm -hmm. We can have 300 kids in an auditorium, uh, not this year, but previous years. Right. You know, you know, and they'll all yell, stop, drop, and roll. And they'll say, what number do you call for the emergency? They all yell 911. And what do you do if you're drowning? And there's, like, dead silence and a couple murmurs. And then mm -hmm. someone will say, yell for help or wave for help um, or splash. And what we find is, you know, people don't play in fire, but they know a fire survival strategy. But everyone plays in water, and very few people, about 5%, know an actual drowning survival strategy. So that's a huge, huge problem that we really need to address this mm -hmm. as a public health issue. Um, we spend every summer wanting to go to the pool, go to the, the beach or the ocean. Um, and unfortunately, people have very little knowledge of uh, water safety. Now, let's consider this. Most people say, yeah, you know, I know how to swim. Right. The problem is, is that when people go to the beach, they're not swimming; they're waiting. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, let's, let's say like, the minimum qualification of a, a swimmer is going to swim 100 yards nonstop. Okay. Okay. People don't understand that you know swimming is an endurance sport, and that you know when you go to the lake and you wade in knee high, waist high, you dive under the water, maybe you throw a frisbee or a football, and you get get out. You, you weren't swimming. Mm -hmm. You didn't do anything for your endurance for swimming. You just, I mean, it, it, cooling off, I'm all for that. But we need to be, you know, honest with ourselves that we may know how to swim, but it may have been 20 years since we right. were on the swim team or <laughs> yes. had swim lessons. And when we do our presentations, we'll joke with the crowd, how many people know how to, how to run? Everyone puts their hand up. And then if you say, well, how many can run a marathon? These hands go down super <laughs> fast because they're like, no way would I want to run a marathon. Um, for most people, <laughs> but but people are honest with themselves and insightful with themselves. Like you know, I wouldn't want to run a marathon, let alone a mile. But then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, let's go to the beach and let's go swimming, and they're really not swimming; they're waiting. So that, that's kind of like where we need to kind of start the foundational approach, and just some basics about drowning. Okay, it's the leading cause of accidental death for children one to four. Really? Okay, because these are some scary statistics that I, I'm seeing on your website, by the way. So um, it's uh, GLSP, uh, glsrp.org. Yes. And, and drowning is the second leading cause of accidental death for children 1 to 14. And for the nation as a whole, it's the fifth leading cause of accidental death. So we need to understand that whenever you're around water, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not necessarily like going to the park. If you fall off the monkey bars, you may scrape your knee or sprain your ankle. But if you get in trouble in water over your head, you know, oftentimes it's fatal. Unless you have, you know, uh, lifeguards watching you and they can identify you as a drowning victim and get flotation to you immediately. Or, um, you know, uh, self-rescue. You have something with you that floats. Right. Well, I mean... Speaking of these statistics, how many drownings were there in uh, 2019, let's say, in, in Lake Michigan? Uh, in 2019, 
2019, there were 48 Lake Michigan drownings. In 2018, there was 43 Lake Michigan drownings. And if we compare uh, today's date compared to the date, the same date in 2019 and 2018, we're actually right on par to have, you know, 50 drownings in Lake Michigan this summer. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like saying, okay, well, another 35 people are going to die in Lake Michigan. Do we want to be one of them, or do we want to have some basics mm -hmm. that could, you know, have us avoid getting in trouble, or if we get in trouble in the water, at least the survival strategy that could save our lives or save the lives of a loved one? Okay, and that doesn't have to happen, and that's why you're here, Dave. So let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about um, sort of beach safety, since we're already talking about the beaches. And you said because of the Chicago beaches being closed, um, there's a lot of other activities happening, right? Yeah. So you know, it's it's. I, you know, it, it's a pandemic, and the way, the way it is right now, Chicago beaches are closed. Um, it's causing uh, strain on other beaches, including beaches in Illinois. So, um, Evanston, Glencoe, uh, Winnetka, um, their beaches are seeing, you know, a surge of people coming in attendance, and they're trying to regulate, you know, the social distancing aspect of it as well. But when you close a beach, what happens is people are, like, going to the beach that day. They get to the beach. It's closed. So what's the next thing they do? They go to the next access that they can find to the water, and they go swimming there. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, that next access is farther away from lifeguards. It's farther away from first responders if there's a situation happening. It's harder to pinpoint your location if someone is in trouble. So, you know, the Pros and cons of, you know, we want to keep right. our social distancing. We don't want, don't want the Chicago beaches to be overwhelmed. But people are going to, you know, like the bridges at Diversity Harbor or Promenade Point or, you know, mm -hmm. North Avenue Beach, you know, the the, the the biking trails. And they're just jumping off there and going swimming. Mm -hmm. and, and people have been sending us pictures for weeks of people, you know, hanging out at the beach, swimming and, you know, right. um, you know, when there was uh, the social lifeguards were being used as social distance ambassadors, and we sent a letter um, in partnership with the Chicago Alliance for Waterfront Safety to Mary Lori Lightfoot right before the 4th of July and kind of expressed that we thought it was inappropriate to use a lifeguard as a social distance ambassador because lifeguards should be in uniform. They should have the rescue equipment because if something happens, they're unequipped to respond. You wouldn't have a you know a police officer being a social distance ambassador yeah. and not have their bulletproof and vest makes, and not have their guns. So. Makes, yeah, it makes sense too, since people were swimming anyway. Um, but I don't. Um, to, let's talk about the first. Um, what does drowning look like? Um, one of the biggest problems with drowning is most people don't know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So uh, most people are familiar with uh, maybe SpongeBob seeing him, you know, <laughs> yelling and screaming for help. Uh, in a cartoon or the old TV show Baywatch, uh, would inaccurately portray drowning as a long traumatic event that's going to last several minutes at the surface of the water with lots of yelling and waving and splashing. And unfortunately, drowning doesn't look like that at all. Mm -hmm. If a person is drowning, they're typically facing shore, their mouth is at water level, their head is tilted back, and they're doing a climbing the ladder motion. And all you're going to see is if you're on the shoreline is just the person's head looking probably right at you. Okay. And you would think that if they were drowning, they'd yell for help, or if they were drowning, they would wave for help. But a drowning person, because they're either choking on water or holding their breath or gasping for air, they don't have the lung capacity to yell for help. And if they put their hand above their head, it's going to increase their body weight out of water and put their mouth underwater. Got it. So a person 
you know, they may be a distressed swimmer and they exhaust themselves trying to struggle to stay at the service. They go into this vertical posture and um, start doing the signs of drowning. Mm -hmm. And when they start doing these signs of drowning, it's typically less than one minute until final submersion. So um, a young child could step in water over their head and go right under, no yelling, no waving. If you didn't see it, you'd miss it. Right. You know, an adult-sized person with, you know, even strong swimming ability, um, they go into this posture, going vertical, and doing the signs of drowning less than one minute. And we need to understand that around three minutes of submersion, a person's heart may stop. Around four minutes of submersion, irreversible brain damage begins. And around 10 minutes of submersion, if we're then getting this person out of the water, doing uh, rescue breaths and CPR properly, it's only about a 14% survival rate. So It happened so fast. What, right. What do you do? So we need to understand yeah. that if you're at the beach and you're waist deep in water and you see someone swimming back from the sandbar start to struggle and they submerge, how long does it take you to get out of the water to call 911 if you have cell phone service to pinpoint your location for 911 to dispatch responders mm-hmm. to your location and for them to arrive? And even if they arrive within three or four minutes, it's likely past the 10 minute mark of submersion since you know they went under for the call to be made and for them to mm-hmm. arrive. And now the next problem is first responders arriving at the beach. You know, police officers got gun belts and vests on. Mm-hmm. They can't, you know, there have been situations where police officers have stripped down to their underwear and gone in and make rescues, but that, you know, with no equipment. So that, that's a problem as well. Now, so that's why it's important to have lifeguards on the beaches and to always swim near a lifeguard. Totally agree, totally agree with you. Um, so, Dave, in terms of if you are the person that's drowning, and, um, and sorry, I just want to make sure to get this in before okay. we run out of time, what is something that you can do? So, you know, you talked about how the kids couldn't really answer what to do if they're drowning. What, what should a drowning person do? struggling in water over your head, what we recommend is that you flip, float, and follow. You flip over on your back and you float. Float to keep your head above water. Float to calm yourself down from the panic of drowning. Float to conserve your energy and then follow a safe path out of the water. So float first, exit strategy second. Um, you know, roll over on your back, get your chest up to the water, get your you know, mouth up high and get some deep inhalations. Uh, when someone's drowning, they're hyperventilating or gasping for air. Usually they're exhaling more than they're inhaling, which means they're becoming less buoyant and exhausted. So if you can roll over and get some deep breaths, you're going to get some of your energy back. You're going to become more buoyant and then, then you know, calm down from the panic of drowning and then try to signal for help or continue floating until either you can self-rescue, get back to shore, or professional rescue arrives. Well, Dave, I can't thank you enough. Um, You know what? This just isn't enough time. We need to have you back on to talk about all the other, uh, you know, everything else as well in terms of water safety. We so appreciate you, and we'll definitely have you back on. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Dave Benjamin, he knows what he's talking about, co-founder of the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project. If you want to find out more, uh, sign up for one of the classes, um, you know, and there's a ton of uh, news articles as well. Go to their website. It's glsrp.org.